From the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. Good Hello. morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. It's the Sports Animals now. Hi, hi, hi. Uh, Kenya Matalolo is scheduled to join us in about 10 minutes. Are you sure? In about 18 minutes. I am more sure of that. Yeah, he had, an, uh, I guess, an emergency or last-minute meeting yesterday. Oh, no, yesterday. That's, that's horrible. Well, okay. it was due Sorry to football, so I don't think, I'm not sure if it was anything along the lines of anything really wrong, you know, personally. But uh, they got back to us and apologized profusely, and it was just one of those things, I guess, in his first two days. Here's some things he's got to take care of. All right, we've got, uh, let's see, coming up today, we've got a couple of pairs of tickets or maybe uh, one set of a uh, four-pack of tickets uh, for UH men's basketball. It's for Saturday night against Cal Poly. Keep listening for that. Our top headlines are following, of course, game day for University of Hawaii Court Sports. Yes, and we're, for volleyball, we'll have Tiff Wells joining us a little bit later in the show to talk about their match. But for men and women, it's Santa Barbara. For the men, two struggling teams, and one of them is going to feel a lot better about themselves tonight. Let's hope it's our Rainbow Warriors. It won't be easy with the Big West MVP, A.J. Mitchell. And for the women, they're playing a second-place team once again, a tough road trip with Cal Poly tied for third place as well. It's going to be tough, but they are really good on the road, aren't they? Uh, they're really good, period. Uh, UH Baseball season tickets are on sale. We're getting close. And if you have the love of the game, like their fundraiser on Tuesday night, I'm sure you're a baseball fan and feel that love. Uh, just makes you feel like baseball is right around the corner. We had Rich Hill on a couple of days ago. First of all, the schedule. The schedule, again, is going to be really tough with Ole Miss, to national champs a couple of years ago, NC State to start the season, and now the tickets are available for one of the best entertainment dollars you can get here in Oahu. You know, I like uh, I, I still like the fact that Chaminade is playing their first year of baseball. Uh, former University of Hawaii coach, now the head coach at Chaminade. That Rich Hill is, you know, f- like Charlie Wade for the good of the sport, college baseball. It's like, hey, you know, come play us here at uh, uh, Les Murakami Stadium. Very cool. Anyway, lower level season tickets. Uh, 320 bucks. Mid level 290. Upper level for adults. Just $150. Uh, for you and I, Gary, it would be 130 Oh, no, we're not quite 65 and older. But 130 for seniors. Uh, youth, uh, Tanner, you get, uh, you know, $60 tickets. Season tickets. Anyway, uh, you can get them at all the usual locations online. E-Ticket Hawaii and at Simplify Arena at the Stan Sheriff Center. Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, or call 944-BOWS. You know the drill. Uh, single game tickets, uh, if you're not uh, able to go to all the games, single game tickets go on sale uh, February 7th. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is now the uh, head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. 
No. Uh, really, the big headline there is Chris didn't say San Diego Chargers. <laughs> Not yet. He will. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not a big shocker. I know you said something a few days ago. When are they going to start hiring coaches already for next year? We've yeah. gotten a few in the last four or five days since you made your request public. Uh, for Jim Harbaugh, it makes sense on a lot of levels. I, I do feel a little bad for Michigan, but they're left with a national championship, and he did what he's supposed to do there. Win a championship. He was there nine years. I don't think he was supposed to get involved in some of the scandals and suspensions, so that I think is even more so why he is leaving. Yeah. But I think maybe not more so, but I think one of the reasons you would say, I think, one of the bigger do reasons you want to be, do you want to deal with more suspensions? Do you want to deal with this or do you want to go out on top? I mean, very rarely does a division mm-hmm. one college football coach uh, win a national championship and then bolt. Right. So you can't. Yeah. I mean, it's perfect timing of that aspect. It is also uh, t- something to note that. The Chargers will play the Baltimore Ravens next year in the regular season. So Jim right. and John will go at each other once again in a game that will count, but not as much as that Super Bowl thing about 10 years ago. Was that 10 years ago I think already? it was 2013 or 14, I believe, yeah. Because he was wow. with Michigan for nine years. Crazy. And, uh, you know, and he did pretty well. Uh, you know, we've seen a lot of people like Nick Saban uh, fail going from the college game to the NFL game, but... I mean, uh, Harbaugh's already been a pro football coach. He went to the NFC Championship three years in a row, and then the ownership at uh, you know San Francisco basically got sick of his personality and let him go, and that's when he went to Michigan. But uh, it's uh, you know I'm looking up a stat here. Oh, I found it on ESPN.com. Uh, so the stat with coaches who win a national championship. And then leave for, uh, you know, whatever reasons Yeah. are. Okay, here it is. It's only happened five times. Back in 1941, Bernie Bierman won the national championship with Minnesota and then left to go to something called Iowa Pre-Flight. <laughs> I don't know what's more surprising. A guy named Bernie won a national championship or that Minnesota won a national championship. What's wrong with the name Bernie? I like I, football I, I, coach. It's something like out of a uh, Adam Sandler movie. Oh, really? Wasn't there like a Syracuse coach named Bernie? That was basketball. That was an assistant coach. He got a little bit of trouble. Oh, that guy. Ew. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he went guy. anyway. <laughs> Iowa. I looked it up. Iowa pre-flight. Iowa pre-flight is actually uh, um, an, an I-9 flag football team. But, oh. He's working his way up, huh? They didn't have I-9 in 1941. Uh, In 1976, Johnny Majors wins the national championship uh, at Pittsburgh, and then he bolts for Tennessee, probably just for more money. 83, Howard Schellenberger, we'll uh, remember him from the sidelines at uh, playing University of Hawaii. Uh, He was at Miami, wins the national championship, and then he bolts to the USFL, probably for two reasons. Again, probably under investigation, about something because he's, uh, you know, it's Miami at that time. Right. And uh, USFL was probably paying a lot of money back then. It has to be those two combined, I'm sure. In 1997, Tom Osborne uh, left Nebraska to become a congressman. I don't know. It just says he retired. Well, he he came back as an AD for a while, but he did go into politics. No, no, as a head coach. coach. As a head coach. Uh, 2023, of course, Jim Harbaugh. 
leaves Michigan, become uh, the head coach of the Chargers. I don't see or hear from a lot of, uh, say, uh, you know, Chargers fans here in Hawaii. And part of the reason is they haven't been to the Super Bowl since, what, 1994 or whatever it was? Five or whatever, yeah, yeah. Whatever it was. And, you know, I didn't see a lot of Green Bay fans until they were in the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Remember where Giovanni Pastrami and the place was, like, packed with all these Packers fans? It's like, where are you guys coming from? I mean, now we have so many Kansas City Chiefs fans. When before, only my friend from high school, Kagi, was a Kansas City Chiefs fan. That was it. But... uh, I guess, you know, because if you're, and it's okay if you're not a big follower of football, you know, you latch on to, you know, for Kansas City. Maybe it's Taylor Swift or just you like the uniforms or they're in the postseason all the time. Uh, You know, I I became a Steelers fan because in the mid-70s when I was very young, I think I was one. (laughs) But they were always on TV, right? And you only got one game a week, and chances are it was a Pittsburgh Steelers or Oakland Raiders game. I mean, between those two teams, you have about 30 guys in the Hall of Fame. But anyway, going back to uh, uh, Chargers fans, um, if there are Chargers fans, we'd love to hear from you at 808-296-1420 and how you became a Chargers fan. Now, you mentioned Tiff Wells is going to join us next hour, uh, and he was a Chargers fan, and he loves the San Diego Padres. Now, he's from Kailua, so I don't get the connection. Now, he went to Pepperdine. That's not in San Diego. He has family in San Diego. Oh, like his dad or something like that. So, okay, so he has family. Okay, that makes sense. But when they when the Chargers moved from San Diego to L.A., he disowned the team. Oh, did he? I can yeah, understand he, he that. he didn't follow him. He doesn't like him. He was upset that they left San Diego. I can understand that. I mean, for kind of a comparison, when the Nets used to be on Long Island, they moved to New Jersey. It didn't feel right. Now, I stuck with them, but it wasn't the same obsession at the time because even though they were like 30, 40 miles away, had a different name. It was a different state. So L.A. to San Diego, kind of the same situation. I'm sure they did lose fans. I'm sure they were hoping to gain fans, though, in a larger market as well. Well, they probably did. I mean, they were having trouble, you'll remember, uh, you know, attracting fans, and and it's and, it, and it's and it's because they followed the L.A. Rams. The L.A. Rams were there. There are more Rams. The Rams are more established uh, as far as a a football team. I mean, the Rams were returning to Los Angeles. Were the Chargers ever in L.A.? Even no, they were always in San Diego before that, like yeah, back in the yeah. Lance Allworth days and things like that. Okay. So, but they, I mean, they, they, number one, they went there first. Number two, they won first. And then the Chargers are like, hey, we're going to go to L.A. And they had to play catch up. And they played in that tiny Disney Home Depot sports complex or, or whatever. Like Whatever it was. I mean, you, you know, it, it was like T.C. Ching Athletic Complex. Not that small, but it was very small. And they had trouble filling that up. Or even now. Uh, you know, they'll play, but the opposing team will have more fans than they will. That's crazy That's for that to still happen. It happened a lot in year one, and it's still happening there. Mm-hmm. Hey, folks, if you want to uh, get in, text. You can call, but faster if you want to just text at 808-296-1420. Our lines are open for you. Uh, Doc Rivers is uh, – I, 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 didn't, I didn't hear about this. I, I read about this this morning that Doc Rivers uh, kind of screwed over ESPN by leaving. 
Well, yes, in a way you could look at it that way. But there's been, a, I mean, the thing about with this is the timing because he was going to be on the NBA Finals uh, team, the three-person team that they were going to have with Mike Breen and Doris Burke. And he's a studio analyst now, and I guess doing, you know, periodic work with them. But how many announcers with ESPN have gone back into coaching? Probably no, a lot. No, that's not what but- I mean. That's not, that's not what I mean. You, you, he, when he went there, First of all, they fired two longtime analysts, Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jansen, uh, Jackson. So he gets there, and he made a promise that he would never look for another coaching job while he was under contract with ESPN. They said, okay, deal. That's First right. coaching job that came along. Now, he did, maybe he wasn't looking, and they offered it to him, but basically you promised that you would stay there. And, you know, it's it's – you know, I guess at ESPN, maybe they're upset. But now what do you do to replace? So he's the, the, the co- uh, coach of the Bucks. So now, this late in the game, like immediately, who takes his place? One report said nobody. They might just go with a two-person team in the finals instead of three, which I think is kind of enough. Sometimes with three, you don't hear from that third person that often. And that was the case. Well, I mean, Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy were great, I thought, with Mike Breen. Uh, but you didn't hear from Mark Jackson a lot. You heard more from Van Gundy. That's just going to happen with three people yeah, in the booth. Okay. So I think anyway. two's okay, okay, and Doris Burke is really good. Yeah, I, I was just surprised when I read that this morning. There's like, he's like, yeah, I promise I'm not going to look for a job while I'm doing this. And, and again, he probably wasn't looking for a job. He wasn't uh, actively but, looking. That'll be his uh, line, I bet. I guess. But uh, anyway. I just thought that was that was a little gossipy. I thought you might enjoy that a little bit. All right, it's quarter after seven here with the Sports Animals. This is ESPN Honolulu. It's going to be mostly sunny today through Saturday. Uh, high in the lower 80s, low in the upper 60s. Westerly winds right now, 5 to 10 miles per hour. So light winds and high surf advisory for the north and west shores today. Uh, new San Jose State football coach Ken Niamatololo is scheduled to join us coming up next year on ESPN Honolulu on this Kahala Thursday. Upgrade your island style with Kahala, the original Aloha shirt since 1936. Since way back in the day when bacon was 41 cents a pound. That's how long they've been around. Pick one up for yourself at one of Kahala's six stores island-wide or at kahala.com. Thought it was destiny. I wanted prosperity, and at the time I used to have the most. We're still. We've been trying since yesterday. We're still efforting to get Ken Niamatololo on the show. Uh, must have been some kind of communication uh, mix-up there. But hey, I just saw this from last night. The Motivate Foundation, H H S A A. Girls Division One and Two brackets have been released. On the uh, Division Two side, uh, let's go with your seeds. Number one seed is Pack Five, Wolf Pack. Number two, Kauai. Number three, Kamehameha Hawaii. And the fourth seed are the Lady Falcons at Kalani. On the Division One side, uh, Buff and Blue Punahou. Number one seed, Campbell. Number two, Strong. Hilo is number four. Where's number three? You have two number fours? Might be a typo. <laughs> it does say that, doesn't it? Natalie! <laughs> it would be. Uh, Kamehameha, Maui, and Hilo. 
are the, wait okay so it would be actually <laughs> Hilo should be number three because they're playing no, the number one no, they're on the no. one host side it would be one versus four oh, and two far. versus three so you were Kauai, close quiet quiet Kamehameha Maui <laughs> would be number three there you go so Punahou number one number two Campbell Kamehameha Maui is number three and number four Hilo also uh, kicking off the tournament on Monday January 29th Baldwin and Moanalua, Mililani against Kaiser, Waikea against Kapolei, Kamehameha Kapalama against Waipahu. So there you go. Good luck, ladies, in the tournament. Thank you, Marcus Mariota, for his support of high school sports and the Motivate Foundation. Very good. This isn't your first bracket, is it? Don't want to be quiet. I'm trying to be quiet there. Talk about. I just. Well, I was just getting more confusing for the audience as we were heading on down. But go ahead. Okay. Uh, anyway, hopefully we'll get uh, Kenny Niamatololo on. Uh, we're efforting to get him, and uh, hopefully he can join us. And I'm sure it must be so chaotic the first couple of days of being a head coach, especially with the timing. Remember, signing day is coming up. Thirteen days. The the normal. Oh wow. The old the old or normal uh, signing period first Wednesday in February. Uh, so that is right around the corner. And I'm not sure how many scholarships San Jose State has, but I'm sure some players probably left when Brent Brennan left for Arizona. Just how college athletes uh, go about their business these days. So we'll find out more about that. And fact- now Nick Nash. Nick Nash entered the transfer portal. Did he enter the transfer portal to go to Arizona? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Okay. Oh, he withdrew. He's back. With Coach Ken Niamatololo, who joins us now on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning, Coach. Aloha. Aloha. Good morning, guys. How you guys doing? Doing well, Good. Kenny. Good to talk to you again. And I think a lot of us are really interested and happy for you, first of all, that you got this opportunity at San Jose State. What attracted you to this opportunity? Well, you know, I'm very familiar with San Jose State, you know, having played them, obviously, you know, being in the conference before um, on the West Coast, you know, so I'm very familiar with it. You know, just Coach Brennan has done a great job. And so just because of all of that, you know, it's close close to home, <laughs> as close as you can get being on the West Coast. But uh, there, there are a lot of factors, and, you know, just really excited to take a look at it. In the 72 hours or so that you've been named the head coach, what are some of the biggest challenges you've had to face early on? Well, obviously, nowadays with the transfer portal, you know, that's obviously the biggest thing. It's uh, with the new rule when there's a head coaching change, and then there's a 30-day window where the transfer portal opens up. The transfer portal had closed, you know. Uh, they had the window that was early on in December, but that had closed. But when the coach leaves, the head coach leaves, it opens up again, and so trying to maintain your roster, uh, trying to hire staff, um, trying to get to know you know the players. There, there are a lot of things going on, um, but it's 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 college football. You know, what I mean, it's it is what it is. You're trying to do the best you can to maintain your guys. Obviously, they become free game now, so there's a, a lot of guys that you know start poaching from the roster. But it's it's part of the game. It's part of what college football is now. So I, I feel pretty good. I feel like things have kind of settled down a little bit. You know, it's just some guys that might have entered. You know, I mean, some guys have come back, which is really exciting. You know, some other guys will continue to work on. But, you know, as I look out the window, there are a ton of our guys that are working out right now, you know, on the field. I'm, you know, I'm, my office looking outside, you can see a lot of guys working out. So I'm encouraged. A lot of different things going on. 
You know what I mean? It just um, it's exciting though. It's, it's super excited to be here. You spent the last year in UCLA under Chip Kelly, and you know I read some stuff in the you know the Star Advertiser. But tell what are some of the things that you learned uh, at UCLA? It was a great year for me. You know, just having been the head football coach for 15 years, uh, you know, having to run your own program for 15 years, it was a great year for me to kind of just sit back. Um, and I, I'm, I'm open about this, and, I'm, I'm, you know, that's kind of who I am. But, you know, getting let go at Navy, that was, that was hard. You know, I've been there for 25 years, and when you're a head coach, you give everything to your program. So sure. uh, it, it's, you know, it wasn't easy. So, but it was a good year for me uh, to be there. My son was a graduate assistant there. It's probably one of the main reasons I went there. Besides uh, Bryce McDonald, who was uh, Chip's chief of staff, used to be my basically my chief of staff at Navy and Coach mm-hmm. Kelly. But being there, being able to see how Chip runs things, seeing another coach how he runs his program, how they do strength and conditioning program, how they do discipline, how they do everything. It was just good for me to sit back and reflect and take notes, see, you know, I'll do this. That's a good idea. I don't know if I would do that. You know, just kind of reflect on mm-hmm. seeing another guy run his program, but also uh, see his offense. You know, I sat in all the offensive meetings. I went to the quarterback meetings with Coach Ryan Gunderson, who's a phenomenal coach. So just to be able to see how he does things, especially from an offensive standpoint, was, was amazing. I mean, the guy's a – Offensive guru, he's a great football coach overall. But you know, offensively, sitting in him, seeing him strategize and how he's going to attack people and just the different things that he's done. I mean, he's he's forgotten most uh, football than most people. I mean, the guy is just an encyclopedia of knowledge of football and different schemes, different ways to attack people. Also, got to see how you know they how they did the recruiting. But also the, you know, the NIL and, and the portal is a lot different, you know. And so just watching all of that, just to kind of sit back and not have to be the guy to make the decision, we're going to do this or that. And just you kind of see how they get ready for games and how, you know, in playing in the Pac-12, just watching the different teams come in and had a ton of respect for a lot of the opposing coaches. But you get to sit back and observe and learn and I mean, all I did was just had my iPad and it was just took notes every day, took notes every day of uh, how he did things, how they did things at UCLA, and just trying to learn with the with the idea that I want. I knew I wanted to get back and do it. I went back after I got let go at Navy to Hawaii, so I was, I was home uh, for the month of December, which was great to be back home. And then we went back to Guam, uh, where my wife's from, you know, for a month in January. Um, but I knew um, I couldn't do that anymore. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I, I, I can sit around. Uh, there's only so long you can sit around and watch Netflix. I you know, love being around my my grandkids and my my daughter and her family there, and visiting my my dad and my sisters. But I knew I had God. to get back into this. So I was preparing at Puno. I mean, excuse me, being at UCLA, just preparing to for the opportunity that. Hopefully another opportunity to come to be head coach. Kavika Hallam's just texted in. He said, uh, ask you about basketball. Uh, you could ball. It should have been illegal for Radford to have Kenny. Uh, let's see. It's illegal. I lost it already. Illegal for Radford to have Kenny 
Thor Salanoa. Oh, man, I remember Thor. And Brian Norwood on the same team. Yeah, well, Kaviko was, uh, I mean, Kaviko was really good himself. He's obviously a great basketball player, but, um, yeah, I love playing basketball. I can't play, I can't move as much anymore. I play tennis. Because when you play oh. tennis, it's just you and another person. So if you can't get to the ball, you just, okay, I didn't get to the ball. But <laughs> in basketball, if you don't get to the ball, oh, you guard your guy. Hey, who's guarding this guy is this? And you're still running down court. But, yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah I don't play basketball as much anymore. I'm, I'm more of a nose guard now. <laughs> I remember playing pickup hey, games with you up at Clum Gym back in the day. Yeah, I used to play a lot of basketball. I mean, I, I, I some of the coaches, we'd go out and play, but. Yeah, it's more depressing going playing now. You can't <laughs> hey, you mentioned uh, coaches, and, and it was big news when Craig Stutzman was hired uh, on your staff. How's the coaching hiring going for you right now? Uh, well, we finalized our staff yesterday, so really excited about that. Really excited about you know Craig, and he had, he and I had talked you know over the years. You know when um, I had hired his brother. Uh, Billy Ray at Navy with me. Uh, my son was a graduate assistant under Rolo for two years and loved his time. Was with you know, Coach Weber. Was on the offensive side of the ball, and he would just always tell me stuff about Coach Stutzman. You know, mm-hmm. so I listen to talk to my 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 son. He goes, Dad. He said, Coach Stutz, he's unbelievable. I mean, that guy's knowledge and what he does. And so he would always tell me about you know how good Craig was. You know, in, in game preparation, in games, and and so. I knew, you know, so we, Craig and I, you know, would talk on the phone at different times and stuff. And so I knew if an opportunity uh, came to go where maybe at a conventional school, another school that, you know, Craig is the guy that I'd be interested in. So we talked about it. You know, when I got the job, he was definitely interested in it. I'm excited to have him. I mean, he's a. Uh... Right, one... mm-hmm. No, go ahead. I'm sorry about that. Go ahead. No, I was just saying I was excited to have him. And so he's. Uh, you know, I'm sad to see, you know, having come, uh, you know, uh, Billy Ray's coming too as an, on a, as an analyst. And so to have them come, but, um, you know, it's awesome to have Craig. Right, one more, Gary. We know you're not going to be running the triple option at San Jose State. Is it going to be a run and shoot, a variation? Can you give us a little insight about the offense you'll be running? Well, yeah. We're, Something you know, we can tell Coach Timmy Chang. <laughs> yeah, well, with Stutz, <laughs> with Stutz here, obviously, you know, there's going to be, I mean, there's going to be elements about uh, run and shoot, but, you know, Craig is, you know, for me to, to just deem him just as run and shoot, I mean, he's evolved and done so many other things with the RPO game mm-hmm. like everybody else. And so his, he's a vast, his vast knowledge of offenses is amazing. But I also recognize this, I mean, from Miles to June, uh, to Rolo and Stutz and all the guys, Timmy, I mean, the run and shoot is, is um, stood the test of time. That's one thing I was interested in. It's a system. And June and them, I mean, for years, and uh, they know what they're doing. It, it attacks all coverages. You know, it's not a gimmick offense. It it, it works. It works. And, it's, and like I said, it stood the test of time. So I knew I wanted a system, a passing game, uh, um, system in a run game system and i knew that that stuff uh having, having watched it over the years it works it's it's not a gimmick and craig knew it as good as anybody but i in the run game wise we're going to be obviously we're not going to be able to run the, the triple like we did at navy but 
I want to be diversified. I want to give people issues in the run game. So there's things that, you know, I'm very excited to, to do on the run game uh, to help us that way, to keep us multiple multiple uh, personnel groupings, uh, have an element of a physical run game. You know what I mean? We're not going to be throwing the ball 80 times a game, but we're going to air the ball out, but we're also going to be able to pound you with the football. And so, you know, those are our early, you know, visions of the offense, some of the stuff that, you know, Craig and I have talked in this last week since hiring him, kind of why I want to hire my vision for him to press forward and, my stuff is just to kind of give him my thoughts of what I'd like to do and then let Craig run with it, you know. And so, you know, that's kind of where we're at. You don't All right, play well, we'll year. let you go. We'll let you go. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, good luck this season, and uh, we'll talk again soon, I'm sure. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, Kenny. All right, All right guys. Thanks for having me. Take care. All right, man. There he is, Ken Niamatololo, head football coach at San Jose State. And uh, one of the takeaways, so – uh, Billy Ray Stutzman is on the staff as an analyst, something we learned today. That's kind of cool. Yeah, what we, heard, we saw his name in print the other day, and I guess it came to fruition that he is there. It makes sense with the offense, and with Craig, obviously, as the offensive coordinator there. All right, 7.36 here. We're running a little late. We'll get a uh, traffic update here in a moment on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, Call the Coach with Charlie Wade is back. It's presented by PAXA. It's happening this Tuesday, 6.30 p.m., live on location at Ruby Tuesday, Moanalua. Join us on site, listen on the radio, win prizes, get some great uh, food, and the latest on Hawaii Rainbow Warrior Volleyball, Tuesday at 6.30 from ESPN Honolulu. I hope Kavika Hallams is still listening because he wants us to say that Kenny threw the best ball as a quarterback, lefty magic. He was good. He was definitely good, that's for sure. I don't remember him playing in high school. I remember him at University of Hawaii, but uh, I guess I didn't pay much attention at that time. But uh, anyway, uh, Ken Niamatololo, and uh, not all of his – I was looking at the uh, website. Not all of his coaching staff is on the website yet, uh, but he is flashing the shaka which is uh, kind of cool. Uh, interesting, On when we asked him, Gary, what he kind of learned at UCLA, and he talked about taking notes every single day. I would love to see that iPad and see what <laughs> it says. And uh, it's, you know, it's because, I mean, it's a whole new world for Ken Niamatololo. I mean, I don't know how old he is. He's got to be, what, like a 1980 graduate, something like that. But uh, maybe even late set, whatever it is. But I mean, for 25 years, you live in the same place, coaching the same team, and then it's uh, and then it's like all of a sudden you don't have a job, so you're sitting in on meetings in a totally different culture across the country at UCLA, learning under Chip Kelly and his staff there. It's 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 kind of a mind blower when you think about that. Not coaching. Uh, you know, just kind of soaking everything in. We asked him that one question. What did you learn? His answer was about four minutes long. Obviously a lot. He's kind of the exception to the rule. How many coaches, 
a lot of coaches will love the coach and have coached in their 25, 30-year range, but how many of them spend it all at one school? Usually a coach's resume has got tons of stops all over the country and maybe some of the professional leagues. So he's kind of, for, well, definitely fortunate that he could spend all that time at Navy. But, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Like, he even mentioned the NILs and the transfer portal. Now, the transfer portal I know existed at Navy, not the same probably as other schools, but the NIL, I mean, everything is so different for him what he'll be doing at San Jose State and saw at UCLA than what he had to deal with at Navy for sure. But at, at Navy, at a certain point, can, I, I think, isn't there at a certain point you can't leave? There's, you can't just leave any time you want yeah, because the federal government owns you at a certain point. They've invested a lot of money in you. And they don't want you leaving. <laughs> you have to ask for but, apply for a waiver or something along the lines. I have no idea. Don't know. But anyway, yeah, you you know you make. Uh, uh, I'm, I'll just bring up uh, since I'm at the San Jose State uh, website. You know he's coaching as an assistant or a head coach at Navy for 25 years, and just looking at um, you know his coordinators, um, he's kept last year's offensive coordinator is on. He turns into the wide receivers coach and passing game coordinator, so he'll be working with Craig Stutzman. Derek Odom was the defensive coordinator, and he retained him as well. But talk about coaches who travel around a lot. I mean, Derek Odom was uh, at, let's see, he was at Montana, then Utah State, then Houston, then Utah, then SMU. (laughs) Uh, You know, I mean, it's. Uh, a lot of these coaches, yeah, they've they've really been around a lot. But um, I don't have – he mentioned that he's all the coaches hiring has been done. It's not all up on the website. On the website, basically, it's got him and his uh, the three coordinators that we spoke about, and, and that's it. But anyway, we'll see. I mean, so the transfer portal is still open till how long? Do you know? I don't, I don't know. In fact, I was, somebody was asking me last night, but one of the points Kenny brought up is kind of a fairly new rule that if there's a coaching change, the players have 30 days regardless of when okay. that coaching change takes place where they can enter the portal. It could be in July, or no matter what the month. So his player that he has on San Jose State now have another 27 days or so to enter the portal. I wonder, and I don't know this, Jaden Delora, uh, formerly of St. Louis School, was at Texas State with Billy, excuse me, uh, Craig Stutzman. So he has entered the transfer portal. I mean, what a perfect fit. Follow your coach over to, you know, follow your coach over to San Jose State. And, you know, we talked about it and we yucked up about it a couple of days ago. Like, oh, two St. Louis quarterbacks in a row. Uh, Does Jaden Delora a Mountain West quarterback? Or is he more of a, you know, Pac-12? Well, they're not around anymore, really. Uh, Big Ten type of quarterback. I mean, is is, is it – are you thinking – I mean, we don't know Jaden Lalora, but are we thinking automatically he's going to San Jose State or is somebody else going to offer him? It could be both. Could be well. I mean, it could be other schools, of course. But you would think the natural transaction or transition would be to go to uh, from Texas State, where he just signed there about a week ago. 
So he was only there not even a week because his civil case just got settled about a week and a half ago. After that was settled, then he goes to Texas State, never actually, I don't know if he ever went to school, but it didn't last long because of Craig Stutzman. So you would think there's something along those lines about him going to San Jose. But you think about some of the other schools because he, as far as maybe offering him, as you were suggesting, because at Arizona, good player, Washington State, good player. Unfortunately for Jaden DeLore, he does have a little bit of baggage with some of the legal issues he's been dealt with or been dealing with and i wonder if some schools yeah, might have shied dealt, away he dealt those to himself i wonder <laughs> i wonder if some schools might might have shied away from signing a guy or offering a guy maybe like that. some but for some it doesn't matter it this remember we're talking about quote unquote professional football here that's what we're talking about and there are a lot i mean you know what i you might have somebody just come out and do what they always do you know we're going to hire this guy because winning's more important and uh They'll just come out and uh, disguise, use, uh, use the guys, we believe in second chances, right? Yes. So, I, you know, I don't know that this trouble really hinders him that much. Oh, Honestly, I think it, I think it in could. Today's, in today's college football world, where it's more about money than anything else, We'll see. Well, I think the thing is, is that. And you know what? I don't want to see him in the Mountain West Conference. Yeah, really. I think Too good. In, as far as dealing with maybe NFL players along the same lines as college players, you have a lot of boosters or people that are very wealthy that contribute to your program. And if some of them aren't happy with a guy who was alleged <laughs> to have committed sexual assault, then I think right. that might restrict some of the places that he'll get offers from. Yeah. I think that that's a little bit different line than winning is all more important than anything else because we've seen I, examples like I'll this. I'll tell you what, I think boosters and boosters are part of the boosters are the big problem. Boosters are the guys that are getting these programs into trouble. Boosters care more about winning than they do character, and that's the fact jack boosters are also getting these players a lot more money than they've had before, which is one yep. of the reasons players will go to where the highest yeah. bidder is. Sure. Uh, all right, let's uh, get our Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union bulletin board up and running this morning. Hey, if you're over 60 and retired, making ends meet uh, is kind of tough, especially at the supermarket. There's a website called BenefitsCheckup.org. Uh, it's a free website, and it could help you pay for food, medicine, even utilities. That's Checkup.org. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning, 7.52 now. Going to be uh, mostly sunny today through Saturday. Then we got a few days of rain. Sometimes it changes. We'll see how it goes. But uh, uh, we got the high surf advisory, too, for north and west shores, which means plenty kind traffic on the north shore today. And yesterday, I remember you giving the weather forecast of high winds and scattered showers. <laughs> That's exactly what it was like most was of the crazy. afternoon and early evening. Really yeah. windy yesterday and last night. You know, then it changes all the time because these are weather forecasts. And if you go online and, and uh, you Google Oahu weather, you're going to get about three or four different forecasts. It covers everything, doesn't it? I just go with, you know, whatever the general consensus is. And that's, uh, you know, I mean, the National Weather Service is pretty uh, reputable. So most of the time I just, you know, figure what does the National Weather Service say? I mean, uh, 
Go ahead. I, I remember a, a, a line on the. I'm not sure if it was the news, but the great, the late great Jim Leahy used to say. And this was over 20 years ago. When I watch the news and they give the seven day weather forecast, well, I don't have to watch for the next six days. Then they've already given it to me. So why do I got to watch until a week later? I always love that line by Jim Leahy. Well, because yeah, and, and it's fun, but it changes. You know what I mean? Uh, something That's more, true. It's yes. just a forecast. That's you know, overwhelmingly, I was reading a study that people in Hawaii. The number one reason they watch the television news is weather. Is really? The weather forecast. Overwhelmingly, that's what Hawaii people want to see. And I'm sure it's also like that on the mainland, especially uh, with, you know, the different Certain cities, places. Yeah. But we used to, uh, I remember people back in the old days when, because people at television stations, they do research. They know this stuff. They do it for a reason. They're not guessing. Let's have a weather forecast three times. They're yeah, not guessing. right. Exactly. They, exactly. they don't do stupid things like that. They know. And so they, they're on there. But I remember people saying, uh, you know, people in the office or whatever, it's going to be a high of 82 and a low of 74, mostly, you know, morning showers and yeah. sunny all day. It's always the same. It used to well, be you know what? And it, not, it isn't always the same, especially in today's global warming that we live in. You never you, you know, poke the hole door in the ozone layer. We have no idea what's coming up, uh, you know. But I remember, you know, when I first got here, late 70s and early 80s, you'd watch the 10 o'clock news or 6 o'clock news. There wasn't a weather forecast or a weather person. Right. It was Joe Moore saying exactly what you just said. High in right. the 80s, low 70s, chance of Malcolm right. showers. That's it. And then, but a it minute. changed. It changed. So, anyway, uh, got a, I don't know how much time we have. We've got a couple of texts here at 808-296-1420. Uh, well, this one says, come on, Chris. Delora was in high school at the time of his trouble. He is now an adult, and his legal issues are now done. He has been a good person in college and deserves a second chance like anyone else. Didn't UH do the same for Colt Brennan and others? Well, thank you for the text uh, from the 495. But this is the voice of Chris Hart speaking now. Gary? This is the voice of Gary Dickman. Yes, and I made some of those comments that you're you alluding made, to. Right. So if Gary brings up the trouble that he's been in, and he's, okay, so he's been in trouble. Uh, he had something happen in high school. Gary mentioned it. It's too Uji. I don't even want to mention it. When you talk about uh, troubles he's had in the past, number one, that was Gary. But, Again, it's not like Gary's saying anything that is untrue. Yeah, I mean, it, it was dated publicly. There's been court cases. And I never said he did deserve a second chance. What I said was he might be restricted by certain schools that don't want to give him that second chance. Not all, but I suggested that that could happen. That's all. I, yeah. I can understand him getting a second chance, but he's had a second chance, and he did get in some trouble in college that you're, I guess, forgetting in that text. Right, he's been uh, he's been pulled over for DUI at Washington State. Maybe, it, it, I don't know. He's been in trouble in college, too. But you know what? There's a lot of people at that age that get in trouble in college. That's why I didn't bring it up. But at the same time, I, I still agree that uh, I think his future is wide open ahead of him. And uh, if he makes the right choices, uh, he's going to land at, uh, you know, he'll land on his feet and do really well. So, you know, a root for the guy, local boy. I just hope and pray he does not go to San Jose State because he's a really good quarterback. But we don't play them this year, so it we'll doesn't matter. Oh, is he only? Is he only a senior? I, I 
thought he would be a senior. Well, he's, he might have had be to like do... his third college. I mean, he's got to be. Well, he's got the COVID year and the free year of transferring, and the uh, two years of transferring or two transfers. Yeah. So he might have more than a year, but we don't play them this year at least. All right. Uh, our top story is coming up next. Also, we've got those basketball tickets to give away. Keep listening to ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. Thank you for listening today. We'll take your text at 808-296-1420. Call in with uh, all the different things that are going on. I, you know, um, (laughs) we were texting back and forth with Kavika Hallams a few minutes ago, and he's going off of his, uh, you know, he's uh, reminiscing about his Radford Radford days. And then he talked about um, Coach Velasco passing away. And um, he said that's where... John Velasco. Uh, he said that's where Blind Man in the Bleachers by Loyal Garner took off. How many of us remember that song, Blind Man in the Bleachers by Loyal Garner, back in the day? I remember as a kid, you're hearing that, and you start tearing up every time it came on the radio. Man, it was a smash. You know, but I just Googled it, and there's a song called The Blind Man in the Bleachers by Kenny Starr. And then somebody else has a, a song called Blind Man in the Bleachers. I w- wonder if it's the same song. Or just a popular catchphrase for a title of a song. <laughs> well, I don't, I, I don't I know doubt how that. many. Yeah, but anyway, uh, shout out to, uh, maybe we can get that as our uh, uh, um, music to play on the show. Blind Man in the Bleachers. Uh, anyway, okay, top stories we're following. We're not that, but. Uh, baseball tickets, uh, season baseball tickets are on sale now for Rainbow Warrior Baseball. The season starts right around the corner. Yeah, February 16th. It's not that far away, so we're getting closer and closer. Another exciting team finishing last season really strong. Rich Hill does a great job, and I think this season is going to be even bigger and better, especially with some of the teams coming into Les Murakami Stadium, like Ole, Ole Miss and NC State for starters. Wow, I just looked up the, <laughs> the lyrics. It's the Loyal Garner lyrics. That this guy, Kenny Starr, is he like a, uh, I wonder if he's like a country artist or something like that. But those are Loyal Garner's uh, lyrics right there. Cool. Okay, sorry, I digress. He's a star. Uh, if you want to get uh, baseball tickets, they, season tickets range from 130 to $320. Very affordable for all of those baseball games. So uh, check it out. Support the Bulls uh, coming up this season. All right. Um, Jim Harbaugh is now the uh, Chargers head coach. And not a surprise. We've heard these rumors for a while. I'm glad it's official now. I'm sure Justin Herbert is probably pretty happy about this. And uh, we'll see what he can do. The last time around in the NFL, Jim Harbaugh developed quarterbacks, helped improve the 49ers, and I have a feeling he'll do that with the Chargers. I'm not sure if they're going to go to a Super Bowl anytime soon, but the Chargers are a better team today than they were three days ago. All right, uh, so that leaves us with openings still to fill for the Atlanta Falcons. And from, you know, watching coverage on this last night, they say the Chargers did everything in their power from keeping him to get, getting in his, leaving the facility and going to interview uh, for Atlanta. They just made, said, you know what, here's a gazillion dollars 
sign right here. He's all, thank you very much. Don't mind if I do. So we've got the Falcons job open. We've got the Seahawks job uh, is still open. Washington is looking for a head coach as well as the Carolina Panthers. Well, the Carolina Panthers just hired a coach within the last hour. Oh, who was it? Uh, Dave Canales, I believe is how you say his name. He was the offensive coordinator in Tampa Bay. And according to many, this was a real shocker. His name was not being rumored to being a head coach. Wow. But Carolina just announced this, and it's uh, all over ESPN and other places that this came. Okay, not Callahan, huh? No. Was it the guy Callahan? No. Oh, a lot of people thought. um, Well, he was hot. Wasn't he hired? He was hired already. Okay. Dave Canales as the head coach. What's that? Callahan was hired as a head coach. I'm trying to think of where he got the job, though. Titans. Oh, Titans. Titans. That's right. Okay. All right. Just a couple of days behind. Not bad. Uh, all right, so uh, we'll find out more about uh, this guy, uh, Dave Canales. But one of the things that came out also in the last hour, and this is from Adam Schefter of ESPN, is that he has been told that the Atlanta Falcons' job search for their head coach is wide open, which to him indicates that Bill Belichick is not a front runner because he's already had two interviews there, and if he's had two interviews and the job is still, quote, wide open, according to Adam Schefter's sources, you wouldn't think it involves Bill Belichick right now at that at this point, which would be kind of amazing if he doesn't get a job after interviewing in a few places that he's left sitting for a year at least. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm sure if you're somebody like Bill Belichick, and there's a certain amount of ego that comes with, you know, being the most successful professional football coach ever that and, and i heard some i'm kind of uh, regurgitating what uh, one of the talk show hosts said on cbs 1500 it's like really you talk to him twice you don't ask bill belichick for a third interview or even a second interview uh you know it's like it's very it's almost disrespectful so if i'm bill belichick it's like reality has hit, right? <laughs> Big time. Maybe, maybe uh, I'm not. You know, I'm, people don't respect me as much as I respect myself. I can just picture the interview process where whoever was doing it in Atlanta. Okay, tell us about your last job. Why did you leave? Uh, any references? And I would love to see him get the Cincinnati job if it were ever open, so we could use that catchphrase. We're just moving on to Cincinnati, and it would be a perfect sales pitch. Looking forward to Cincinnati. Looking Just forward to Cincinnati. The, uh, uh, so we'll see what uh, happens with Bill Belichick. Now, he could even go into just broadcasting if he wanted to. Right. Now, right. When, as a broadcaster, you'll often see these guys' personalities change if you're a football player mm. or you're a head coach. For example, um, uh, is it Jason Garrett? Jason Garrett? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. So – when I think of Jason Garrett, I think of kind of a jerk where the reporter called him Jason. He goes, we, we say coach around oh, here, mm. right? And I think, oh, gosh, give the guy a break. And he goes, well, Jason. And then he went on with his question. <laughs> you know, I remember but, that. I mean, he's one of the top broadcasters all of a sudden, studio and analyst uh, on the field, not on the field, but in the booth for, is it ESPN? Is that where I see him? ESPN? I, I believe Whatever it ESPN. is, whatever it is. I mean, he's one of the top guys, and he's really good, and he's he's got a great personality. All we know about Bill Belichick is mumbling in press conferences, right? But from what they say, I mean, he's got a great personality. So I'd love to see him on TV as a human being instead of, you know, 
looking forward to Cincinnati. Not talking about blah, 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 blah. Imagine the interest there. And I guess, isn't Brady supposed to be on uh, Fox next year, I believe? Didn't he sign that contract? And I'm not sure if he went back on that, but he signed a big deal with them, I thought, for next season. Well, he signed a deal, and then he said he's going to take a year off. And they said, right. okay. So he should be next year. Maybe I think he would be in, in the booth or in maybe in a, you know daily, uh, weekly games as well, which would be a big – not maybe not a big draw, and that's you know something we've talked about at times. I never watch a game because of who's announcing, but the studio shows are a little bit different. I mean, I don't really pick and choose, but if Bill Belichick is in a studio, I think a lot of people, myself included, I just want to hear what he's going to have to say, what he's going to say, whether see if it's entertaining or not, and if he's really dull, well, forget about it. But right off the top, he would be a big draw, I would think. Yeah, and word is he's not he's his real personality is not the guy you see at the press mm, right, conferences. Right, right, right. All right, let's move on here. Game day for the Rainbow Warrior volleyball team. Tiff Wells is going to join us in 10 minutes to go over uh, Indiana, Purdue, Fort Wayne. Who are we playing today? Yeah, yeah Purdue, Fort Wayne today. Uh, we got to, it's a three-game road trip for the Rainbow Warriors. They got two against Purdue, Fort Wayne, and one against Ball State, who's nationally ranked. The Rainbow Wahine basketball team is on the road. They're playing Santa Barbara, who's four and four in the Big West. Oh, I'm sorry, that's, that's the, the wrong wrong one. That's the men. The Santa Barbara Gaut, Lady Gauchos six and two in the Big West. Hawaii half a game ahead of them at six and one. And uh, I was reminded about this. I think a lot of fans remember this very fondly, and Billy Hull wrote about it today, the Star Advertiser, about last year's Big West Championship game when Santa Barbara had a 12-point lead in the fourth quarter, and they lost, and that was great. We couldn't beat them on the men's side, but we beat them on the women's side and for that Big West Championship, and both teams right at the top again. Cal Poly, Saturday's opponents, I believe, is tied for third, so it's a tough road trip, but Laura Beeman and her team seem to be peaking almost right now or getting better and better every week with their performances and hopefully get a win or two this week and uh, keeping their uh, keeping first place on their side because they're only a half game ahead of Santa Barbara right now and I think yeah, a game right. and a half at a Cal Poly. Now Santa Barbara is 8-1 and one at home this year. They have not had the strongest record in Division I college basketball but hey 8-1 and one is 8-1. Uh, and one. Hawaii has won uh, a what are they on a seven out of the last eight, six, seven, whatever it is that loss at UC Riverside, which was a couple of weeks ago, almost a couple of weeks ago, that really kind of reset the team uh, because they came out and they have been H O T hot. And I'd have to figure I have to look at the schedule to see what their uh, win loss record is in big West play on the road, but on the road, that is their only loss their only conference loss. And I believe they've won either three or four on the road. So they're a good road team. Something's got to give today two really good teams. But again, with Santa Barbara last year, and I, I was at that game and I thought Santa Barbara had it won to be honest. That was a tough comeback in that Big West Championship game. And I know a lot of, well, not a lot, some of the names have changed, but these are two really good basketball teams, but nothing really seems to phase or rattle the players on this team. They're experienced, they're mature, starts with coaching and a lot of the returning players and some of the new players have done a great job. So that's going to be a good game at 5 o'clock today. And then, of course, the men at 7 o'clock. Before and- we go to the men, let's go back to the Rainbow Wahine. Uh They are 2-1 and one, uh, on the road in... Um, I was going to say Pac West play in Big West play uh, on the road the, this year. You're making a face. I thought they played more than three road games, but you're probably you're looking at a schedule, so I'm sure you're right. Uh, let's see. They played. Uh, yeah, they um, they beat Irvine. 
Well, they're two and four on the road total, uh, but they've lost to Stanford, Santa Clara, UCLA on the road. Uh, they've lost to Cal State Fullerton and UC Riverside on the road. Sorry, two and two. Two and two. Well, not in conference play on the road. They only lost one conference game so far, right? Cal State Fullerton? No, talk about. Oh, that's a win. I'm sorry. Yeah, so two and one. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, two and one on the road uh, for the Rainbow Wahine. Uh Okay, there you go. So uh, let's get ready for that. You can catch the game. It starts at what time? 5 p.m. for the ladies. 5 o'clock. Uh, you can catch that on ESPN+. Plus. Now, I know you wanted to talk about the Rainbow Warrior basketball team against UC Santa Barbara. And uh, Hawaii is 2-5 and five in the Big West. Santa Barbara 4-4 four and four in Big West Conference play. So Hawaii had the chance to improve in the standings, climb up a little bit, and you still want to stay out of those spots of 7, 8, and 9, which is where they are right now in a three-way tie. And uh, in Stephen Sy's column today in the uh, Star Advertiser, he talks about Aran Ganat saying, we've identified the problem. The problem has been identified, is the exact quote from Aran Ganat, which is a... Interesting quote at this time of the year, but he talks about offensive rebounding, points off turnovers, and total turnovers. Also, shooting so late in the shot clock where they're ranked 304th, and I believe there's something like 353 Division One schools as far as time it takes in a possession to get the shot off at 18.4, I believe. And we've seen that in recent games. They've had a harder time getting in transition, getting shots off earlier, and when you take your time or more time in a possession, the defense has more time to set and react, and that makes it a little bit tougher to get good shots off. I'm I'm glad they identified it. Let's see what they can do to kind of turn things around, starting with a Santa Barbara team that has struggled. But when you got the Big West Player of the Year and A.J. Mitchell, you know it's not going to be easy. And last year, he won that game here at the Stan Sheriff Center with the last second shot. I'm hoping history doesn't repeat itself. Hopefully, Hawaii can work on those things and cut down the turnovers. It seems like every game, either the turnovers, missed free throws, there's one area where they're kind of lacking, and that's a difference in a game. Hopefully, they can be consistent and play their A game against A.J. Mitchell and the Gauchos. Mm, yeah, I mean, San Jose, uh, Santa Barbara started off the uh, Big West season real slow. They've won five out of their last six, so they're not actually limping in here. They're coming off of a loss from Cal State Fullerton, and you mentioned That's a lot a of the loss. same. You're mentioning a lot of players, uh, you know, are the same. Uh, coming back, Santa Barbara's beat Hawaii the last three times they played them. So that we got that going. I said that on the women's them. side, actually, for the ladies. For well, this team. is also the men have lost to Santa Barbara, Gary. I'm telling you, three times, unless Santa Barbara's lying. No, about no, this. I said I didn't say anything about a lot of the names are back for the men's team. Oh, okay, team. okay. The women's side. Anyway, um, what I'm getting at is, and these two teams, as far as strength of schedule, very, very similar. Almost identical uh, strength of schedule. So, hey, you know what? Let's get out there and root on the Bows. Stan Sheriff Center tonight. In fact, we're going to talk to Tiff Wells coming up next. After that, we'll give away four tickets. If you and the, the gang want to go, keep listening for that here on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Oh, I forgot to mention this. Um, you can meet... New recruits, new coaches, and some current Hawaii football players at the National Letter of Intent Dinner. 
It's coming up February 7th at the Sheraton Waikiki Beach Resort. Individual tickets and tables are still available. If you want more information, go to nakoa.org. That's nakoa.org. Be right back with some volleyball. And uh, look at the uh, matchup for this afternoon for the Rainbow Warrior Volleyball Team. That's next on ESPN Honolulu. Just a reminder that uh, HCAMP, that's the Hawaii Concussion Awareness Management Program. Parents, coaches, teachers, athletes, you can learn more about recognizing concussion symptoms. It even happens in volleyball. Visit hawaiiconcussion.com. Joining us now is the voice of Hawaii Volleyball, Tiff Wells, somewhere on the continent. What's up, Tiff? Uh, the beautiful song that, think, that makes me think of the 96795 Waimanala. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Gary. Thank you see, uh, Gary, because Tiff comes from the 96734. Palm tree, Kailua. There you go. <laughs> hey, keep Kailua, Kailua. Keep the country, keep the- country, brah. I wonder what the zip is in Fort Wayne, Indiana, which I assume you are at right now. We'll get into that coming up uh, for the matches that you were on the road three game road trip. The zip code is nine six eight. Who cares? (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) sorry, sorry. Message boards are lighting up in Fort Wayne. Did they? I saw in the paper yesterday. Did they? Was it they that last year had a uh, a sign or something saying that they are the home of volleyball? What? Uh, they, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking you're looking at what maybe Ball State says, and Ball we State. heard it a couple of times, a couple of times uh, two years ago when we were out here in Muncie, uh, about an hour or so away from Fort Wayne, that their PA voice before the match will say, "Welcome to the volleyball capital of the world." So, oh, yeah, that's I probably hate what them. you're thinking of. <laughs> yeah, wow. I think Billy Hull wrote about that. They have oh, a, a team vomit. Oh, <laughs> really? I, I, I was amazed when I saw that. I couldn't forget that when I read that. I believe it was uh, yesterday's oh. paper. The team had a bye week, of course, last week. What have your impressions been so far with the four matches they have played with that three and one start? I mean, you're happy with being over 500. You're a little disappointed with that one loss, especially when you were up 12 7 in the fifth frame and uh, you you lose that match. You you see Loyola close about on an eight one extended run to win fifteen thirteen at home. I think overall you're happy with how your seventeen year old freshman setter has been doing well so far, and from what they've been able to get from Luis Pasanoco in the in the Emmanuel series two weeks ago. You're you're happy with how guys who have come back how how they've progressed and gotten better, and you like what you have with. Some of the new guys in new positions and also new guys that are new faces uh, to this 2024 squad that hopefully for this road trip, this first one of the season, uh, it's a little bit better than what it was two years ago when we mentioned we came to Ball State and uh, two losses before going to that tournament in Austin. I know some players were out, I believe, due to COVID or some other medical deals going on on that road trip. Hopefully everybody healthy today. You mentioned Tred Rosenthal, who we've heard so much about leading up to this season. I don't think he's disappointed. But 
the star that we got to see in that Emmanuel series, Louis Sakinoko. I mean, this is incredible. Did anybody expect him to be the impact player, the impact server that he is? I don't know if they, I don't know if he was expected to be an impact right out of the gate. I mean, he was going to be with the team next year, regardless as part of that 2025 class. And then, you know, things opened up, things happened, and he was able to come and be a part of this team for this year. He was, he's only been on campus for less than a month. And for what he's been able to do, move halfway across the world. And before he came to that Emmanuel series, he's only had like maybe nine or ten practices uh, with the guys. And so for him to get acclimated very quickly and, of course, with, you know, what happened with, with Chaz Galloway a couple of weeks ago with, with him being, quote, banged up and he was available but not needed in that series with Emmanuel, it gave it gave guys like, like Louis Sakanoko an opportunity to come in off the bench, then come in and start on, on in that second match, and everybody got to see what he was able to do. Granted, Emmanuel wasn't the same competition as a top-ten team in Loyola and probably not the same competition that Hawaii will see this week with, with Purdue-Fort Wayne and Ball State, but at least from the first eye test, you liked what you saw. Yeah. Uh, 75 miles an hour is 75 miles an hour. <laughs> No matter who pretty, you're playing, pretty good, right? Ah, Which returns it. next week. Is he who is the hardest server you've ever seen in person for the University of Hawaii men's volleyball team? I know that's a tough question, but who stands out? Well, it's it's tough to go against what we saw last year with Keone Sims, 75 miles an hour over, without hitting the top of the tape. And I, and I think for guys that have been opponents of Hawaii, you think of maybe a TJ DeFalco from Long Beach State. You think of a Gabi Garcia-Fernandez from BYU and a couple of years ago from Ohio State uh, with Nicholas Sherson. So it, it, it's guys that have been All-Americans multiple years. And I, I think for Hawaii, at least for the last couple of years, it's, it's, been, it's been Keone Sim. And, and I think with Louie, with him able to get more acclimated, I think he can get up there. You mentioned uh, Chaz Galloway not playing in that Emmanuel series, and we're talking about Louis Sakinoko. So if Chaz Galloway is healthy, let's say, this weekend, where does that put Louis Sakinoko on the depth chart? How, are we going to see less of him? Or how do you think that'll work? Well, I think when you look at that Emmanuel series, and, and I think with uh, with how Alaka Ita did that first night against Emmanuel, and you saw that was where uh, they had put uh, Sakinoko in on that right side. And I think... Uh, he was able to, you know, do well from the left side, do well from the right side. You saw Keone Sim get the start in place of, of Galloway on that left side on, on that second night against Emmanuel. So, I mean, it, it's, it's a revolving door. It almost seems like where, where do you want to have one of your best servers? Do you want to, and if you're going to start Louis, are you going to start him, you know, on that right side in place of an Alaka Ipod? Or if Chaz is 100% healthy, you know, you, you like what you have with Chaz on his serve receive and defense and what he can give you from the back line. It, it just gives head coach Charlie Wade and the coaching staff a whole lot of opportunities, you know, where they want to put guys, you know, you know, Spiros is going to be your 0-1, your outside number one. And, and I think if everyone's healthy, you'd like to see Chaz as, as that 0-2 and possibly, you know, we've seen that, seeing Keone Finn given opportunities as that top serving sub. So I think for Louie to answer the question, it's either – to me, if you're not getting production on that right side with Alaka Itad, I think you have Louis on the right side for now. Okay, we're uh, uh, coming up. We're going to be giving away those uh, Rainbow Warrior basketball tickets for Saturday night. 
Talking volleyball with Tiff Wells, the Rainbow Warrior Volleyball teams on uh, Purdue Fort Wayne today at what time? I'm uh, seven o'clock. Two p.m. No. Two p.m. It's, it's two p.m. Two p.m. Hawaii time, and then our Southern Turf pregame show one forty-five p.m. Hawaii time. Hey, shout out to you guys at Southern Turf. Thank you very much. One more, Gary. Yeah, Tiff, can you tell us a little bit about? Purdue, Fort Wayne, and Ball State as far as the challenges they present and how that might help in the RPI for Hawaii later on? I think for Purdue, Fort Wayne, they're 4-1 on the season. They've won they've won their last seven at home. It's a team that, again, it's not a ranked team. They are receiving votes. It's not necessarily a named team, but they're still a very experienced team. You're going to be hearing the name uh, John Diedrich a lot. He's one of their outside hitters. He's a grad student. It's a team that offensively hits for a high number. They're top in the conference. Very close to 400, so I think Hawaii's defense will have a hands full with the very experienced uh, pin-hitting trio for, for Purdue-Fort Wayne. And then I think for Ball State, Hawaii remembers what happens to your, what happened two years ago. You don't want to get caught looking ahead to that match against you know Ball State when you're playing Purdue-Fort Wayne two matches prior. Ball State 7-4 in the season. They have played a lot of nobodies in their 2024 <laughs> schedule and the two ranked yeah. teams they played last week in Austin. Uh, they lost both times. For them, they're getting uh, Indava, Tanashi Indavas Ocheva back uh, from quote-unquote injury. He had not played the first nine matches before getting cleared last week. It, again, football State, very offensive-minded team that has given Hawaii some issues over the last couple of years. Hawaii's won the last three, and Hawaii hoping to close out the road trip with for a fourth straight win against Ball State, and hopefully for the Bows, heading back home with a sunshiny 3-0 warm record on this road trip <laughs> i see here for uh sunday's contest it's fraternity and sorority night brought to you by next home elite real estate there in muncie indiana is that artie so wilson no no <laughs> artie wilson blows those that are amateurs according to you know compared to artie hey tiff wells we'll listen to you on the radio today thank you for the time thanks tiff anytime guys have a good one uh, there he is, Tiff Wells, the voice of volleyball for the state of Hawaii here on ESPN Honolulu. Going back to, uh, was it Ball State or is it Ball State? He said that, said that they're the yes. home of home of volleyball, like America's home for volleyball. You know, that's some pretty big talk. I don't even know what conference they play in. I mean, the, the conference they play in, they're playing teams like, I don't know, Lindenwood. Uh, Quincy University. We played Queens, Lindenwood before. Queens University of Charlotte. We play them. Uh, let's see. Oh, they play Ohio State. Lewis University. Actually, there's a couple of good uh, volleyball teams <laughs> here. But okay, so the men's team is seven wins and four losses. Oh, they've got a couple of big victories this year against Wabash <laughs> College, Thomas More University, uh, Tusculum University. Trine University. Now, when they go up and play somebody like BYU, USC, and Stanford, you got a couple, a bunch of big L's. So stop calling yourself the capital of volleyball. You got to earn the right. You don't just come up with a marketing term. Let's go look at the ladies. Let's go look at the women's volleyball team. Maybe they're really good. They've got. Uh, seven, they're 17 and 15 overall. Nothing screams dominance like an almost 500 <laughs> record. 
<laughs> now, I should say that they're 13-5 and five in conference play this fall. Uh, they've got, you know, in conference play, they've got big wins against uh, East Tennessee State. Big powers like Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan, Bowling Green, Akron, Toledo. You see where this is going? That's dominance in women's volleyball. Give me a break. The only thing I Ball State w- has I going- hope we wipe the floor with them. <laughs> the only thing Ball the best thing Ball State has going for them is that David Letterman went there. That's about it. That's where it ends. It's 834 with the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, call in and win tickets now if you're still listening. <laughs> At 808-296-1420. Caller number five. We've got four tickets for Saturday night's basketball game against Cal Poly at the Stan Sheriff Center. Hey, uh, time uh, once again for our Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union Bulletin Board, brought to you by Hawaii USA. Life matters. Families affected by disasters urgently need support, and you can help the American Red Cross provide help and hope for people affected by disasters big and small. You can donate at redcross.org. Be back with a winner and more coming up on ESPN Honolulu. Congratulations to you, Roland and Liliha. Roland uh, got the tickets to, uh, he was the fifth caller, got the tickets to Rainbow Warrior Basketball against Cal Poly Saturday night. More for you to win throughout the day here on ESPN Honolulu. And the uh, NFL came out about in the last hour or so and have announced a finalist for their postseason award, which will be announced on February 8th, the NFL Honors Show you'll see right before the Super Bowl. And I guess there are five finalists for these categories. Lamar Jackson, Christian... What category? Ma- well, I'll get to that in a second. Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, and Dak Prescott are finalists for not only the MVP, but also the Offensive Player of the Year award. Now, Okay, are- so if you win the MVP, if Lamar Jackson wins the MVP... How can you not be the best offensive player? I, I, to, I get gets me every year. <laughs> oh, okay. Because, oh, that's no, a common thing. Okay. Well, I don't know if it's that common. I don't hear a lot of people bring that up, but I, I'm I'm with you on that. And it doesn't. Ha- it never happens that it's the same guy. That makes it even more crazy because, again, your argument or your point is, how can it not be? How can he be the MVP but not the offensive player of the year? Yeah. That's kind of weird. Well, here are the other finalists. Uh, Josh Allen. Maybe, I'm sorry. Yeah. Maybe the rule is if you're MVP, you know, give somebody else a chance. So you're, you're obviously hmm. the best player. So, but who besides you, who's the best offensive player? I guess that's the way we can look it at it. It could be. That would make a little bit more sense. So I mentioned those three for MVP. Everybody gets a trophy, Gary. Yeah. Everybody gets a trophy. Okay, so I okay, out of the three, Lamar Jackson, McCaffrey, Dak Prescott, the other two for MVP are Josh Allen and Brock Purdy. Again, it's only on regular season games. You voted on it already, the the 50 panelists, media uh-huh. members, so you don't vote on any playoff Wait a games. minute. Wait a minute. So MVP finalists are yeah. Brock Purdy, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Christian McCaffrey, and Lamar Jackson. Sounds like I just said no, that. Yeah. No yeah. time. Re- I'm summing yeah, it up. What I'm getting at, Gary, is 
No Tyreek Hill? Really? Wow. He missed a few games at the end. I think that hurt him. <sighs> Never got those C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb, another guy. Well, he's a finalist for Offensive Player of the Year. Tyreek Hill and mm. C.D. Lamb are both finalists for Offensive Player of the Year. Okay. So they have that. Which isn't bad. It's not a bad award. I'm sure that if you win MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of, well, all of these, Rookie of the Year, whatever, there's extra money in it for you. I'm sure there's stuff in your contract, right? Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. I think was it Brock Purdy gets, I forget how many hundred thousand for every playoff win. But, yeah, for MVP and all that, it might even be for some of these guys, if you finish in the top three, let's say, you get a bonus. So they all gonna get, they're all going to get something there. You know what? For me and the MVP, and it's a tough one because they're all worthy, I, would probably, I think I'd go with Christian McCaffrey over the course of 17 games. Even though I know uh, Lamar is going to win it from every report we hear. Oh, really? It is? That's what we keep hearing from all the experts in Vegas and, you know, people who cover the NFL nationally. But, you know, that doesn't mean it's a 100% guarantee. For offensive player of the year, see, Ty, I don't think a player should be penalized. Let's go back to Let's go back to MVP. I would root for Christian McCaffrey just because he's not a quarterback. Because what this becomes is, okay, who's the best quarterback, Right. I'd love to see Tyreek Hill or C.D. Lamb win Offensive Player of the Year because they're not a quarterback. Right, that's a good point. Wasn't Sean but Alexander the last I, one? What's that? Sean Alexander might have been the last non-quarterback to win it, right? With I Seattle. don't know. Brock Purdy, to me, doesn't strike me as one of the five best players in the league. Nothing against 49ers. Brock Purdy's been good. But one of the best five players overall in the league not. I don't think he's one of the five best, but as far as one of the five most valuable, which I see a little bit differently, I think he's got Ugh. a case there. He had incredible I think numbers Christian for most of the season. Christian McCaffrey is a lot more valuable, I think, to the San Francisco 49ers. I think he's than... more valuable, but I'm not sure of a lot more. They might offset each other in the voting, you would think, too. Could be. Right. All right. Uh, we don't have time to go through all of these, but we can uh, pick this up again in a second. Also, uh, let's see. Coming up, uh, got some. I got a great announcement. Uh, for folks uh, at, who want to get into the great Aloha run, that's coming up here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, since we're talking about football, we might as well mention that your place for the playoffs uh, and the Super Bowl, 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar and Leeward Bowl uh, Bar and Grill, right there across the hallway from each other in the Pearl City Shopping Center. They got a new chef, a new menu you're going to love, and a big old video wall with tons and tons of TVs all over the place. Uh, a lot of people love to go there. There's lots of free parking, too. So check it out. 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar. This is ESPN Honolulu. All right, we'll get back to the uh, NFL postseason awards coming up on ESPN Honolulu. Alan Sunio is the race director for the Great Aloha Run, excuse me, the Hawaii Pacific Health Great Aloha Run. We should give it its proper title. Coming up in just a few weeks, Alan, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good this morning. You know, <laughs> maybe not yesterday, but today. Alan lives up the street from me. I should have just had him come over to the, to the, uh, 
<laughs> come over here and throw a headset on him. Anyway, Alan, um, how do folks sign up, first of all, for the Hawaii Pacific Health Great Aloha Run? It's really simple. And, you know, don't wait. Get on your computers today. All you got to do is go to greatalohorun.com, look up the application form to register, and fill out the application form. That's, it's all that right. simple. And it's a, it's a very quick process. And not only this, you can run or walk uh, in this right. legendary uh, event, but also folks can run virtually, correct? That's correct. So if you're not going to be in town, you can still do it and support the many charities that the Great Aloha Run supports. Again, just go online, Great Aloha Run, and sign up virtually. Now, I mentioned something, and I'm going to let you do it, because I mentioned before you came on, we've got a big announcement for this year's Hawaii Pacific Health Great Aloha Run with some uh, aloha from the Department of Transportation, don't we? Yes, we do. It's, it's, it, when I found out it was happening, it made my day. We're partnering up with the city and through Skyline. People that live on the west side from, from Copper Lake can now catch the Skyline to Aloha Stadium for the race on race morning. So this will help with uh, eliminating a lot of the traffic, and it'll make it easy for people to, to catch the, the train. And it'll start at 3.30 in the morning at West Oahu, Honouli Uli, and West Lock. So you can get on the train as long as you got a holo card. And you can actually get, I'm going to um, steal your thunder here, you can actually get limited edition holo cards that will be available at the Great Aloha Run Expo. So once again, so this, uh, Mayor Blangiardi is uh, is uh, jumping in here and helping out, and the DOT uh, is going to be um, opening up this you know early, three thirty a.m. Uh, at those places. Yeah, yeah, three thirty. Uh, if you want to go early, so that's uh, UH West Oahu, Westlock, and Ho'opili stations. Now, at uh, you can also catch the Skyline at the regular time when they open at five a.m. If you're in, let's say, uh, Leeward Community College, Pearl Highlands, and Pearl Ridge stations, you'll still make it in time for the start. So what you're going to do is you're going to uh, take the Skyline. It's going to drop you off at Aloha Stadium. They're going to bust you to Aloha Tower. You're going to do the run or walk and then uh, jump back on, uh, to the stadium and then jump back on the Skyline to get home. Cool, yeah? That's, that's correct, yeah. You All right. my thunder. I'm sorry. I, I, I was very excited. Welcome to my world. <laughs> Let the guests speak, Chris. Alan Sunio is the race director for the Hawaii Pacific uh, Health Great Aloha Run. Tell the folks who benefits from this run. Well, you know, every year over 150 different charities benefit from the Great Aloha Run. Some of them have included some of our, our high schools and um Hawaii Special Olympics, United Cerebral Palsy, um, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, so many of the organizations that people are familiar with. Okay. Um, folks, in the time, the couple of minutes we've been talking with Alan, you could have already finished your application form online at greataloharun.com. What is the That's future? Right. The, 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 uh, the run's been going on for years and years and years it's a staple. It's a part of our community, part of our identity here in Honolulu. What's the future 
for the Great Aloha Run? Well, you know, it's our 40th annual, and the Kaukai Charities Great Aloha Run was established, uh, is an established institution, actually. It was founded by Kaukai because of her uh, philanthropic values. And our, our goal, our aim, uh, for those that believe in that mission, is to continue the Great Aloha Run to help and support local nonprofit organizations, charitable organizations, community groups, um, long into the future. Yeah. Alan, uh, we're going to talk to you a few times as, as you get us ready. We've got the Great Aloha Run Expo, and uh, that'll be your last chance to, uh, if you wait too long at the Expo, you can still sign up coming up February 17th and 18th. Of course, uh, the run is coming up President's Day, February 19th, and uh, we'll be talking to you again very soon. But, folks, uh, check it out, greataloharun.com to sign up. Uh, you can run or walk in person or do it on your own time in spurts virtually. Alan, good to talk to you, and we'll talk to you again. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you for your support. Aloha. All right, man. All right, that's Alan Sunio, race director for the Hawaii Pacific Health Great Aloha Run. And thank you to Hawaii Pacific Health and all of the uh, sponsors who come out, and uh, I know Grenades Gum is involved and others who come out and support this great event. All right, it's 8.54 here with the Sports Animals. I should remind you at this time that Call the Coach with Charlie Wade, presented by PAXA, returns Tuesday, 6.30 p.m., Ruby Tuesday, Moanalua, Tiff Wells, Coach Wade, and hopefully you enjoying some great, enjoying the great, I, I recommend it, salad bar soup combo, all you can eat, although it's hard to eat a lot because, you know, you know, you, the first time you're at the salad bar, you just, you know, it's a heaping helpful, a, a heaping, you know, salad Portion. on your plate. Soups are it's very like, popular with this weather as well. Yeah, the Portuguese bean soup. Try that at Ruby Tuesday. Anyway, uh, we got prize giveaways and a lot more uh, coming up Tuesday, 6.30 p.m., Call the coach with Charlie Wade from ESPN Honolulu. Hey, one more award I want to give out as the NFL announced a finalist for their award winners for comeback right. player of the year. Oh. Baker Mayfield, oh. Matthew Stafford, DeMar Hamlin, and Tua Tongovailoa. Those are the finalists for comeback player of the year. Wow, that's great. Uh, okay. the uh, DeMar Hamlin... How could DeMar Hamlin not win that? Well, I mean, it's a great comeback. He didn't play a lot this year, though, and I know that might be not politically correct to even mention that. But, I mean, on the field, he is not deserving. And I, I you know, I don't, I, I don't mean to put him down. I love the story. I love the comeback. But for comeback player of the year, I think it should be based on the field. And I'll be biased and go with Tua, but I see the other finalists, Stafford and B Baker Mayfield, have a legitimate chance as well or right you know who's you it. know who's getting robbed right here maybe because he didn't play the whole season tanner hayworth i'm not going to steal your thunder like i did with alan say what you said what you texted well no i was saying isn't joe flacco also on the finalists not what i'm seeing here wow oh no I, wait i do see flacco is a finalist i'm sorry his name oh wasn't, okay his I, thought wasn't flacco, highlighted. I, I thought flacco got robbed oh okay all right, so once again, Baker Mayfield, Matthew Stafford, Tua Tonga-Vailoa, DeMar Hamlin, and Joe Flacco. Wow, that's a good list. I would eliminate Did Flacco Matthew and Stafford, Hamlin. Stafford, was he injured? Yeah, last year he was injured a lot, yes. Oh, somebody just texted in, Flacco, no. He didn't play enough to me to me to be comeback player of the year. Even you though know what I like? Great. I like Tua, okay, based on what you said 
about DeMar Hamlin. I like Tua Tagovailoa just because all the talk coming into the season was can he stay healthy. Well, not only could he stay healthy, he could lead the league in passing yards as well. All right, we're done. Got to go. See you later. ESPN Honolulu.